Welcome to the geek to geek podcast where Void is not here and it's Harry Potter's birthday! Uh, yeah, so, uh, Void had some stuff come up in life and, uh, he wasn't able to, to be with us today. So, my lovely wife, Jennifer, is here with us. Say hi, hi Jennifer. Hi. Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad jokes. And uh, so it is Harry Potter's birthday. So we thought it would be a fantastic move to talk to you guys about hosting fan events like throwing Harry Potter a birthday party because we actually just got finished throwing Harry Potter a birthday party. Uh, well, Jennifer did. At- I was about to say, we. <laughs> I, I was there and I complained you about part of it. Yes. And uh, But during the day, I helped. But one of the things that we did this weekend was uh, basically spend the day talking and hanging out with kids, running this entire uh, this fan event that was all themed around Harry Potter's birthday. And so, um, so yeah, so we wanted to talk about that. You guys would probably have probably thought at some point about running a fan event, about maybe wanting to to do a con or have a meetup or or something and put this kind of thing together. And so with Jennifer's 12 years of experience of doing programming like this, uh, I thought this would be a good time to both say happy birthday to Harry Potter again and to get her to give you any kind of advice and just kind of talk about her experiences with this. So so tell us about what you do, actually. Like, you've been on here before. We've talked. But, like, what do you do? I'm the Programming and Publicity Coordinator at Florence Lauderdale Public Library in Florence, Alabama. Uh, and uh, basically, I, I mostly plan adult programs. Uh, but Harry Potter's birthday is something I ended up uh, helping to spearhead. Even It's an all-ages event. Uh, and then I, you know, manage most of the publicity for our events and services. So, okay, so you started at the library. And you were back in processing. Like, you were the one who had to, like, uh, take the books out of the boxes and basically do the uh, the getting them ready Stamp to be on them, the shelf. put the barcodes on, all that stuff. So, how did that transition into you getting into publicity and programming? The programming specifically. Yeah, the publicity was sort of uh, natural because I was... I was working on my master's degree in English, so I had the writing experience. So, they started having me begin to write our... Uh, mass emails and things like that. And, you know, I don't actually know why I started doing events. I think maybe just because it ties in with publicity. You plan the event and you publicize it. I, we're a one-branch library. We don't have multiple branches. Multiple branch libraries usually have a separate publicity department. Um, so I guess it was just kind of natural for um, for me to start doing that, too. And I think my boss, uh, the director of the library, had been sort of doing all of that stuff and she was looking to um to be able to focus more on the director the mm. directoring uh because normally the direct you know you have somebody else at a decent sized library doing programming and publicity outside of the director yes yes outside of the director and so i was thinking about this and when I, we were putting this together i was like the first program i remember was like marley and me that mm. you guys did this this whole like county-wide or statewide i don't even remember how wide it was that one that one was just us Okay, that one was, that just, was just, just our library decided to, to do a community read of the book Marley okay. and Me. And so that was the first one I could think of, like, because I was thinking, like, maybe they had asked you to get involved with it and liked what you did and kind of just handed you more of them, maybe. Like, I can't remember at that point. I can't remember. It was 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, so, but 10 years ago, you didn't mean to get into this. No, I actually, I had friends who did, like, student life stuff at college, and I thought, man, planning events, that would be the worst thing. That's just awful. <laughs> and now uh, it's 
it's kind of what I like best. So. Yeah, and I've learned a lot about it, mm. which is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it on here, because I know there are people out there, people who are listening right now, you guys, who want to do this, like I said, who have this idea, who have, who maybe live in a small town, and there are groups of people that you want to hang out with and put something together for, and you may not know how. And this Harry Potter's birthday party is really the perfect opportunity to talk about this, is because it's very, I don't want to say grassroots, but it is not, it, it, it's not fancy. I found, I found the email. Uh, I was looking through my email to try to, I couldn't remember what our first year that we did it was. So I was trying to figure, this was our seventh year, I found out. This year. But yeah, this year was our seventh year to do this event. And the first year I had a an email from my coworker, Jamie, and it was in July. Like it was. Harry Potter's birthday is July, July 31st it's- for you guys who don't know. We're recording this on Harry Potter's birthday. And um, saying, so how's about uh, we, you know, mostly it was like, how's about we uh, we celebrate Harry Potter's birthday this year? And uh, we had a library coffee shop. So that was really where it was coming from. She ran the library coffee shop and thought, oh, we'll do butter beer and things like that. And uh, the first year is very small. Um, they made butter beer. Maybe had a couple of other snacks. And uh, we did, I think, wand making. We showed some films. I don't even remember if we did trivia the first year. We may have done trivia. Uh, I'd have to pull it up. I should have. But just very low key stuff. Yeah, it was just, year. you know, just uh, uh, two or three things during the day uh, that we decided to have some activity. So it wasn't just our coffee shop selling, uh, you know, selling Harry Potter themed snacks. Um, and I, I can't remember. I'd have to go back on statistics. I think we maybe had a hundred or two people that year it, okay. for something that we pulled. We conception to execution was i think three weeks so that's not bad at all like that's crazy actually in terms of event planning uh if you've never done anything like that you guys two or three weeks on planning an event that gets a hundred people at it or more is insane Mm -hmm. like that is usually it takes much longer than that just to get the word out about Mm -hmm. things and make that many people come in so it started with two or three events like that seven years ago uh and i know last year was a little bit bigger than this year because of timing Mm -hmm. but tell me about this event like let everybody know what this actually actually consists of because last year we got like 1200 people in and so that was the biggest that it got it grew in six years to 1200 people so like what do you do like what do you do for 1200 people on really a shoestring budget it's become an all-day event now that we have things going we have multiple things going on all day Uh, we usually do two or three crafts um, and then uh, we always do trivia. Uh, last year, I started a Harry Potter game room that we have set up where we do a, a tabletop Quidditch game, which is basically beer pong, except <laughs> with no beer and uh, the Quidditch rings in the middle. Uh, and I, I made um, like a Harry Potter Pictionary game and a Harry Potter charades, which is, I mean, you just make a bunch of uh, Harry Potter terms that people draw out yeah. of a bucket. And uh, I made Harry, I, I want to get more people doing this because it's a, it's a little overwhelming at a fast-paced event, because I made a Harry Potter taboo game where, um, if you know taboo, you have a word you're trying to get your partner to say, but you can't say, there'll be three or four words you can't say, and they're the words you would think to say. Like, right, they're if, the most common. If you were trying to get somebody to say uh, Voldemort, you couldn't say uh, villain, you couldn't say Tom Riddle, you couldn't he say should, who, who, who can, you know, he should not, who, who, he who must not be named. You wouldn't be able to say any of the... Uh, obvious ones. Uh, so I made, I made all of these. And so that's something we can set up every year. Um, this year was the first year we did a scavenger hunt, 
uh, which this scavenger really hunt was well. awesome. Um, so basically, it's just events all day. And like I said, until this year, we also had a, a coffee shop that would sell uh, butterbeer. And uh, it, it became a really huge part of the event. They would make uh, sorting cookies that were, you'd bid, bite into it. And, you know, there'd be a color that mm-hmm. would uh, determine what house you were. And, uh, cho- I mean, chocolate frogs, obviously. But, I mean, they were just super creative like pretzel on Pretzel wands that were dipped in chocolate. They had butterbeer they sold. Just all they of do the butterbeer stuff. lattes, all sorts of stuff. They had some sort of exploding candy. Where yeah, they used into, pop rocks. to pop rocks, like stuff like that. And they, they, and I mean, it was a huge draw. People loved it. And they would, you know, call themselves Honey Duke. We'd put up Honey Duke signs. Well, this year we don't have a coffee shop right now. Um, and, and, but even regardless of that, um, you may have seen online Warner Brothers, or uh, as I said to people who asked about why we didn't have food, the Ministry of Magic uh, is. Uh, <laughs> Uh, is uh, cracking down on any commercial sales at fan events, which is fine. I mean, it's their property. Um, so basically, you can't sell anything. So this year and from now on, we'll have to do anything free. So we were able to find a local coffee shop to sponsor having free butterbeer. Right. Um, no, you know, it was limited. We ran out after a couple hours. But... So how did you handle that? Like, so you have free butterbeer mm-hmm. and you have 1,200 people. Like, you're expecting yeah. between six and 1,200 people. Like, how do you handle, I have X amount of money that this coffee shop gave how do i give this many people butterbeer and make sure that they have fun and that i don't run out well we, we did i mean we put first of all i put on every single piece of publicity in multiple places while supplies last um <laughs> where you know it was up front that word this is not going to last all day uh, but the way we handled it is uh, you had to go to our front circulation desk first and they would scan your library card and you would get a galleon which if you're not a harry potter fan that's one of the uh, units of currency uh and um so you would and we were very lenient on the library card thing there were people who come in from out of town we still gave them a galleon there were people you know not everybody wants all of their kids to have their own library card to keep up with so you know if you if the mom had a library card you you know we'd hand them to the a family bit. got a but it was basically each. a way to encourage a few more people to sign up for a right. library card so. so you're kind of running double duty yeah. on that uh, given that's a library uh, so they anyway they would go um go get their galleon at the front desk or the circulation desk. And then they would take their galleon to what the area that was our coffee shop right now. It's an empty spot space. Cause they're trying to figure out what to do with that space next. But, um, and then they would get their cup of butterbeer there. So it, it worked really, I believe it worked pretty smoothly. So yeah, it looked like it really did. Like I'll have that kind of down to a science yeah. on what, what to do and get people. But that was a really neat idea for me. And that's why I wanted to talk about it of how you integrate where you are, the space in with the fan event itself, like showing your library card mm. to be able to get your free butterbeer. And when you ran out, you just posted signs. It yeah. was like uh, that the butterbeer was gone, that kind of thing. And people didn't seem upset about it, that they knew going in that, that you had a limited well, amount. And thankfully, we, ha- we have a big space. I think our library is about 40,000 square foot, I think is the space. And we have two floors. We have a couple of large meeting rooms, a couple of places that we do events. So we have some open spaces where we can have some stuff going on. And we actually clear out some shelves and things to make some more room for Harry Potter's birthday. But one of the things that we have to do is really, um, after the first couple of years, it became a very, very busy event. And so everything we have to plan has to be very efficient. It has to be something that just takes a couple of minutes to do and that you can kind of move on. Uh, so our crafts always have to be very simple. 
So what kind of crafts would you do at something like this? If you're, if you, let's say you have very little budget mm. and you want to have the most impactful craft that you can at a fan event of any kind like this, whether it's Harry Potter or not, but what are examples from this? Um, well, like for this, wand making is always a good choice for Harry Potter's birthday. I try to do that about every three years because I don't want it to be the same every year. This year we did, uh, Hedwig balloons where uh, you put a white balloon on a, little balloon stick and draw a headwig on it and you would tie a little piece of parchment like it was headwig delivering mail. And about um, how much would that cost? Like with the big bag of balloons, you got the balloon sticks and then Sharpies. I got, uh, I think I got the balloons, a pack of 200 balloon sticks for like $15. I maybe spent $20 on 200 balloons. We didn't go through all of them. Mm. Um, and then and then the Sharpies, and I had some leftover construction paper. It, you know, it varies widely on the cost for uh, different crafts. Because uh, we've done things like um, print a bunch of, like, I found where just like a blank tie that you would color in yourself. You print it on cardstock, cut it out. The kids color their own house ties. Uh, I think I cut out little... Um, house crest that crest, they could glue on to and then you just poke a couple of holes put some yarn around it and they can wear the the little house tire on the oh yeah kids love wearable crafts that's one thing i've learned yeah so if you're doing <laughs> uh so if you're doing wanting to do a fan event for kids like or adults love it too because that, it's goofy that i should say that it's not just kids uh, like the because another thing we did was um pipe cleaner Harry Potter glasses where oh, you yeah. use black pipe cleaner. And people went, I mean, kids, adults, everybody, they loved wearing these silly little pipe cleaner glasses. That uh, they're just, they just went nuts over them. Like, I love stuff like that. And this year, we had a button maker at the library, and kids just lost their minds over these buttons. Just buttons, I mean, the, the kind that you pin on, the really trendy uh, uh, graphic buttons. And, uh, like, kids just went crazy over these, wanting all of them. And uh, like we had, literally had a kid at one point, Jennifer was telling me about, who reached up on the table of pens when she said, yeah, we're almost out. Y'all can just take however many you want. Literally put his hands up and tried to scoop the entire, all of them off. And his mom had to stop him because he was young. I mean, he was a young yeah, kid. Yeah, I told him. I, was, I forget the kids take things very literally. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so the cost of the crafts can wear it very widely. Um, I mean, we've done, one of my favorites were these, you took a little... You took toilet paper rolls and made them into little Hogwarts students by putting a little black strip around for the robes, a little scarf around, and then, like, hair. And so that was dirt. I mean, you had to collect the toilet paper rolls and construction paper. And then it was mostly a lot of prep time of, right. like, making some of the scarves. Because, like I said, we have to do a lot of prep on the crafts because it has to be fast. Okay, so um, that actually brings me to my next point. Yeah. Like, how long does something like this take to plan? Like, from, from in the beginning where you had the two or three three crafts or the tr two or three events activities it took maybe three weeks but you guys were probably running really hard on that mm -hmm. like that was your job for those few weeks yeah like now knowing that it's coming up every year at the same time what do you do how long does this take to plan and prep i usually start making notes um in April or May, like start planning, deciding which crafts we're going to do, kind of figuring out what resources I have, brainstorming with some of my coworkers. Um, it usually ends up being the month of that does most of the wor real work of the publicity and everything. And then the week of tends to be when I've got volunteers in the library, you know, cutting out 
10,000 uh, Hogwarts house ties and things. Well, not right. 10,000, a couple, a couple hundred. And <laughs> so that, like that, with them doing that week, like how many people do you need to successfully run an event like this? The first year where it was, I mean, the first year you did it, it was you and Jamie. Yeah. Right? It was just two I mean, of and you. I mean, and her, you know, coffee shop staff. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really depends. And if you're starting something new, I'd say start small. Because this is something that, um, like this year, I did not, I know I didn't get as much publicity out this year as I have the last couple of years because we've had a lot going on this summer and uh but we've had seven years of people knowing to look forward to it so we still had a good 600 people show up even you know just on a 20 dollar boost on a facebook event um putting up a few flyers and sending it to the newspaper right and that and, was pretty much all you did yeah. this year like and in terms e- of major and the library's email list that we have um so um it was you know a little lighter on the publicity this year but we still which which i was fine with especially with it being a transition year of giving away the butter beer it worked for it to not be a thousand people yeah you know a thousand plus people um and um Sorry, what were we talking about? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, how many people oh, how it takes people? to successfully run this? Because initially there wasn't a lot. And then this year and last year where there are so many people that people are coming and they know year after year. Like, how many people do you need? Um, It's hard. I mean, for, for us, because we have several stations going on the day of, I have to organize quite a few volunteers about eight to ten volunteers at least to uh, man the different stations. Uh, and then leading up to it, honestly, it, has, it depends on how far in advance you start, how intensive the crafts you're doing are, um, and how many things you're doing. But, I mean, it, it's going to take a handful of people to uh, to pull it off. If you're wanting a big event, yeah. like if you're pulling in a lot of people, like yeah. if you're doing a, a meetup with some people and uh, it's not going to take nearly that kind of, of prep, just depending on what kind of events you've got and t- kind of activities you've got. And, um, but yeah, it's, it's, the more people, the better. Um, but you know, it's, it's good to have a couple of people who are kind of figuring everything out and yeah. kind of who has the vision of what definitely want a hierarchy in terms of who's in charge and being able to delegate stuff. And out. it is really important to have, um, something if you work in a library or an organization like I do, we actually do um, have some librarians yeah. who listen, um, it's really important to have the person in charge of it like what you're doing because people, especially kids and teenagers, they can tell like uh, what's the inauthenticness, yeah. in, inauthenticity. Yes. They they can sense it a mile away. Um, so while you know, yes, we have to do lots of things in our jobs that aren't necessarily what we love. I mean, I I ran a Doctor Who event for several, or helped run a Doctor Who event for several years, and I don't like Doctor Who. We're getting to uh, that. That's on my list later. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that later. But but really, yeah, you didn't like it. Yeah. And uh, so so with this, but like, I had coworkers who did. Yeah, and that was the big thing is that the people who did took off like they ran with it where mm. you did the basic stuff and then they ran with the stuff because the they loved it that they knew with it and how to expand because on them. the thing about this event um because i know you have uh one of the things one of the questions he had i'm looking ahead on this but we might as well get to it now because it comes up in conversation he said why do it why with all the work and stress why do you do it um it's really about creating something special uh for for folks who for kids and teenagers and adults something that um you know, there's a lot of stress out there, a lot of things to worry about, and just to get together and have fun with a story that you love. And um, it's really about find, finding things to make it special. Like, um, you know, we did a scavenger hunt this year, uh, which is the first year we've done that. 
And the way I did it is I came up with clues that would send people to different areas in the library, particularly different book sections. And they would find a secret word at that book section. And then they'd write the secret word in the, uh, in the blanks that were provided. And then, uh, the, there would be red underlined letters that would add up to a final secret word. Um, and the final secret word this year was Alohomora which is the opening spell so that when they finished it and turned it in, they would say the magic word and it would open the box of prizes. Yeah. Uh, so it's little things like that, little things that show that you like this thing just as much as they do. Uh, and that makes it a lot more special. Um, and so, you know, they get their, I don't just hand them a piece of paper with the you. Yes, you I was help. the one doing that. You don't just hand them a piece of paper with clues. It's the Marauders map on one side with the clues on the other side. And I made sure that every single person who did this scavenger hunt, I asked them, do you solemnly swear you're up to no good? And if they wouldn't say it, I wouldn't give it to them. And even these these really rebellious teenagers who didn't want to say anything, and they were just these, these droll teenagers, like... You're going to say it. I was like, I'm not going to give you this. And they would play along. <laughs> but most people loved it. Most people loved yeah. it. And then and I have, even the te- even the droll people loved even it. Even the droll people ended up loving it. Yeah. And I had one one uh, little girl uh, look at me and she was probably 11 or 12-ish. But she was like, I really appreciate your positive attitude. And I was like, and that's what Jennifer's talking about. I was like, people do appreciate your enthusiasm with this. And some of them will tell and you. And I, I had a little girl come up to me and say, this is my this has been my best Harry Potter's birthday yet, which made me happy in a lot. First of all, this was a special day for her. This was a day she was going to remember, which right. is what I really want. And also, this was my best Harry Potter's birthday yet. This is a kid who comes every year. Yep. That this is something that she looks forward to, that I've created, or the library's created this event that is something that's important to to people and that's that's really special and that's why I keep doing the work cuz it it's it's a lot of work you you, you <laughs> lose sleep over this sometimes when yeah. you remember something and wake up in the middle of the night and like oh no this didn't happen and it, and i mean i came home i came home from the event uh and went to, and slept so hard that they said that the cat headbutted me and I didn't notice it. And then I slept till 11 the next day. It's, it's a tiring event. And we get up at around six every morning just to know how, how different that is. Um, but I mean, that kind of thing. This is off of the topic. Another thing that's important for these kind of events, people love a photo booth. That's true. Every year, every event that you have done from anything that's going to have people there who are are fans of anything have a photo booth. Mm-hmm. That you have some sort of props or backdrop or both for them to take their pictures with. Mm-hmm. That that they love it. And it, it's all ages. I mean, little kids love it. Uh, teenagers love it. People like us love it because it's like, ooh, a Harry Potter wanted poster. And one of the things that gets difficult when doing an event year after year is you don't want it to be the same. Uh, so, like, the crafts, I have to come up with new crafts every year, uh, which I think I've we've done it long enough I could start recycling some of the earlier ones. But um, it's actually very difficult. You Google uh, Harry Potter DIY or Harry Potter crafts, and usually it's something really in-depth, not a quick kid's craft mm-hmm. that you do in an assembly line. So it gets get difficult, and the, the photo booth is difficult to come up with something new, too. Uh, it first started out with just, uh, like, we did a backdrop and hung, uh, like, just some material and hung some like plastic fake candles like it was the Great Hall and people would put on the sorting hat and, and hold a broomstick. You know, it was Man, very so simple. many people loved that. But people loved it. And we then I started I found on Etsy where you could buy um files of like p- photo booth props uh that you could print out, cut you know, 
print right. on cardstock and print out where it'd be like little house scarves, just goofy stuff. People love goofy stuff. Uh, and we made a, have you seen this wizard, um, like frame that you would put around your, you know, around your face and, you know, scream, act like you're serious black. And, and that, I love was, that too. That was really popular. Oh, we did a nine and three quarters, uh, uh, platform nine and three quarters, uh, where we did the brick background and, uh, uh, loaded up a little cart because we have these little carts for i don't you don't need to know why we have these little mini shopping <laughs> carts that's a long you don't need to know about about our books by mail program right now um but um and we loaded it up with i loaded it up with like old looking books that would look like stuff and uh got a little had a, a friend whose son had a really nice stuffed headwig and somebody who gave us a bird cage so we had headwig sitting in the bird cage on it so and this year you use the trees in your youth services department to act as the whomping willow and did a big frame a big stand up frame was, of the weasley this flying w- car this year was the most elaborate we did um a big cutout of the of the fort anglia and we have these big artificial trees in youth services so we said those were the Whomping Willow and put the tree underneath it. And I cut, I blew up the screenshot of Harry and Ron screaming in the car. And I zoomed in on their faces and printed it out and cut out their faces and cardstock and put some popsicle sticks on it. So they would have little Harry and Ron heads they could stick up and be in the car with. So that and was a lot of And people were constantly over there. I barely got a picture of the photo booth uh, alone without someone near it that I was waiting all day for. And just stuff like that. I mean, that's what makes it worth it. Like when people came up, like they, I made them say Aloha Mora to me. And I opened up the box individually for every one of them. Mm. And kids loved that. The fact that I would open it up for them when their sister or brother also opened it up. Like, I didn't make them do it uh, and just pull their prize out from when their family member did. Like, they loved little, just little details like that. And it's because, like you said, this is a fan event. Mm. Like, this is for people who love something and they want to be a part of something. Like, that's what you guys are listening to this podcast for is because you love stuff as much as we do and kind of want to talk about it with somebody. So yeah, if you're wanting to plan an event like this, you start brainstorming and coming up with your ideas and what sort of activities you want far ahead of time. Uh, and then uh, usually a few weeks ahead, I figure out what my schedule is. So it was from 10 to 12. We were going to, I knew there were a few things we were going to have all day. Like the, the game room was going to be set up all day. We were having movies showing on a TV all day. Um, the Harry Potter haiku. We did Harry Potter haiku. That was fun all day. Just a few things that were set up all day and then things that were timed. Like uh, 10 to 12 was crafts. Then we did uh, our costume contest. That's You always do a costume contest at an event like this at noon. And then our trivia was at 1230. Then from 1 to 3, we had um, the scavenger hunt, and uh, which... You know, it didn't take two hours for anybody to do the scavenger hunt, but uh, that was the window of time that you could do it. And then we did um, bag decorating where you could bring a canvas bag. And I used our uh, vinyl cutter at work or die cutter, I think is what it's called, uh, and cut out a bunch of stencils. So people and got some fabric markers and they could make their own Harry Potter bags. And last year you provided the bags and people were waiting in line to get their canvas tote bags. So if you guys are planning on anything and you want something interactive that people will line up for, 
pay a few dollars each if you got a budget and to get some canvas bags that they can decorate. But Man. I, don't, I I thought last year, first of all, last year was huge. Um, well, last year we ended up doing it early. We did it at the end of June uh, to coincide with the 20th anniversary of the publication of Sorcerer's Stone. So it was and Harry Potter's birthday. It was, Harry it was literally birthday. Harry Potter's so birthday. Actually, the last two years it's been really big because two years ago... Um, Cursed Child was released on Harry Potter's birthday. Right. So there was tons of publicity. People were people were going at, you know, midnight to get the book and all of that. And then uh, and then last year it was the 20th anniversary. Uh, so that just worked out really well. That was one of the reasons why those two years were extra big was because right. there was just lots of publicity. People's minds were on Harry Potter. Um more than they normally are. <laughs> yeah. um, but, oh, yeah, so so you, you figure out your schedule. You kind of time everything out. You figure out your locations. Like I said, we uh, we block all the rooms, all the spaces in the library, and we have to figure out what, what's going to be where. The photo booth's also always all day. Um, and then uh, you figure out your um, who's going to staff each uh, each area. Um, and then you have to start figuring, make lots and lots of lists of everything that has to be done. And you're, you're going to forget stuff. You're going to be, I mean... Even as much as I worked, I got at the library at 7 o'clock that morning for the event starting at 10 because there was still, you know, 50 thing, little things I realized I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and so what? Extra little sign. I, for me, until I get everything set up physically, all the stations set up, I don't know what kind of signage I need until I see it. Right. Like, that. that's just how I work. I'm not a super visual person, so I can't, like, just look at my space and figure out how I'm going to need to direct people. I have to get it set up and see, oh, I need a sign here saying right. go here. Um, so, you know, work in some time that you're going to have those little things like that come up. Um, and then uh, it's just getting your volunteers. But like I said, the, the biggest thing isn't about it all going smoothly or it being anything fancy or anything that you're giving away, anything expensive. It's really about just coming up with those little special touches that are going to make people smile, really. Yeah. Um, like, I forgot to this year, but usually when I do trivia, I introduce myself as the professor of trivia and facts at Hogwarts. You, <laughs> yeah. you know, at Hogwarts. Just little silly things like that. People eat up. They really do. They... Um, it just makes the day special for folks. And, and, you know, people leave and they have big smiles on their faces. and They say, thank you so much for doing this. We had a great time. Yeah, and we've had people in the past come up and drive like three or four hours for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, like they will drive for it like like we or you guys do for conventions. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you want to go to an event, that's the way they approach this now. And that's one of the reasons like we wanted to talk about this is because this is very easily something that you could get involved in setting up. Uh, whether your library does or not, there are, there are things that you can do in your communities that that will eventually grow into something if you want it to be. And also, I mean, think about, you know, partnering with organizations that you already have. Um, if it is something like Harry Potter, you know, talk to your library and say, you know, hey, I'd like to help with doing something like this. Um, and there may be other or- community centers, you know, whatever sorts of organizations you have in your town. Um and one no. thing I've learned uh, is that anytime you, you approach someone like that or you're working, if you have ideas and you're willing to work on them and you have the initiative to do it, most people will say yes mm-hmm. because it's essentially free labor for them. It's free publicity at that point, but it's it's something that is going to grow their organization and it's something that you want to do. And most and libraries are... The librarians are trained to be yes people. They want to make it happen. But, you know, we all have the pe- person who comes up and be like, why don't you do this? And uh, I've had people say, well, why don't you have this sort of 
club or whatever. And then I start telling them about, well, you can book a meeting room and host this. And they back off because they don't want to do it. And it's like, you know, my my job isn't to come up with all these fan clubs for you. you But Uh, but you do have you have done some. Yes. You have done some some fan clubs like that. Not necessarily fan clubs, I shouldn't say. Fan events. Fan events. Like Harry Potter's not the only thing you've done. So like what kind of smaller events do you do? Like one offs or uh, stuff that may be repeated during the year? Like what are some of the fan stuff that you've done? That other people could take several we haven't done this in it's been a couple of years since we've done one of these, but something that became we were really our library became known for locally and through the state for a while was we would do T V premiere parties for different and finale parties. Um, the Doctor Who ones were our biggest ones. And again, the, the coffee shop played a big part in it. Our, we have a uh, the my coworker who did run the coffee shop when, when the library ran our own coffee shop was really devoted to making really ex- just extremely fun, thorough, uh, special menus. Again, those little things that make things special. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have, you don't have to have a coffee shop to do it, but, um, and the menu would be printed to be themed, you know, would be right. really inventive and all kinds of stuff. Uh, we did, uh, our first couple of walking dead events that we did for, were really fun too. Were really well attended. Um, and, uh, in addition to, to the premiere party. And basically we would have, we had cable running in the library and we would hook it up to a projector and project it on a big screen in the library. Yeah, I mean, and this wasn't like getting a DVD ahead of time. This wasn't no. anything set It was set live up. TV. It was live TV with commercials and all of it because that's what we were we were playing. But we had a group of people coming in who loved this Doctor Who uh, special, this Doctor Who premiere enough or the Christmas special or whatever it was. And wanted to be with other people who loved that. And we did would, for X-Files and, like you said, Walking Dead. Yeah, I mean, it's really something just because libraries are... I'm going to start... I'm, I'm a library marketing person. So <laughs> libraries are now... Are not just repositories of books. We're, is a, we're uh, Yeah, we're community... We are, we are community centers. But really, I mean, it's all about bringing people together to enjoy stories together. Yeah. Um, people think, you know, well, why would you watch TV in a library? Well, it's a story. Yeah. And it's getting people together to, to enjoy a story together and to talk about the story and to celebrate it. I mean, we've made friends like that. We've made connections like that. Just mm-hmm. people coming up who are hanging out. I mean, and be- like with the MCU, like obviously you can't do uh, MCU screening parties. I mm-hmm. mean, that's impossible. But what you do are discussion panels af- before and after yeah. sometimes for the really major Keystone movies. For different, um, something that we've... Uh, we do now and then, and sometimes really consistently, is we'll do film discussions after a major movie has come out. Uh, one of the most recent ones that we had that went really well was we had a discussion panel after Black Panther. Uh, and we had a panel of scholars from our local university uh, coming at it from various angles. You know, one person was a comics guy who really was looking at it, comparing it to the comics. Uh, and we had uh, an African studies uh, professor who, uh, an African and Black studies professor who was looking at it from a from you know more of a social lens um a there was a sociology, uh, a sociology professor. professor who um well, actually does a lot of work with hip-hop music so mm-hmm. talks some about the soundtrack and kendrick lamar's music for it uh and it was this it this was, was packed this was a really that was a really special program because usually i do a lot of these like i said for different comic book movies that's something that um works well we have a, a pretty a strong pop culture scholarship uh uh, program program at, at, the university. at the university. Program's not the right word, but yeah, but collection but, of people who are interested in pop culture at our university. Uh, so it just we we have a good we have good resources to pull from right. for those. And um, but this one was usually it's kind of you know your bread and butter. Um, 
you know, guys, you know, guys and girls who go see a lot of comic book movies and want to come and talk about it. It's great fun. It's a lot of fun. It's us. This one was special, though. We had we had sixty uh, something year old African American women in that room. We had, uh, you know, the normal comic book folks, but it was, I mean. It, the ages we had, like I said, up to people in their sixties, people who had never read a comic book, people who had never seen a, another Marvel movie before, but had gone to see this one and felt it was important to them, mm-hmm. came to this to talk to people about mm-hmm. it, and that's really important mm-hmm. to have give someone a forum to talk about these things, which is why I think that you guys would be interested in doing something like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, Void and I got together, and we've got the Slack and the Discord and Twitter and everything to be able to talk with you guys about this like that's a big thing for us is being able to give someone a positive open space to be able to have these conversations and you can do it locally in your community too i mean professors tend to want to do stuff i mean you guys i bet almost every person listening to this knows somebody who is an expert on whatever the next marvel movie coming out is Uh, i don't even know what the next marvel movie coming out is to be completely honest is it captain marvel i don't I don't even know. I'm not sure what I don't next. even know. And uh but you know somebody who's an expert in it. And you can ask them to to get together and talk with some people. I mean, meetup.com, you can start up any kind of group that you want, post it and, you know, have it themed, have this kind of discussion panel. I mean, I've done it with coding stuff. I've gone to talks that people set up a bunch about Ruby on Rails or JavaScript or anything like that. You can do it about Black Panther or Ant-Man and the Wasp. And or- I, I don't think you can underestimate the value of just meeting other people who actually your neighbors who love the same things that you do. One of the um I was I was writing the press release for Harry Potter's birthday this year and I sent a Facebook message to one of our library teens. We have a teen program that has some kids who are really active. Uh and I sent her a message to ask for a quick quote from her about why Harry Potter's birthday was important to her and why she thought it was valuable to go to. And um she, she said Harry Potter's birthday to me is found family. Uh, that was, first of all, she's 17. Right. <laughs> and uh, that she used that term anyway. And I didn't know, I, I knew that she had this other, well, she, I knew several of her friends who come to the library, but I knew she was particularly friends with this other young woman. I didn't, they met at our first Harry Potter's birthday party. That's how she, they met their best friend. At this party, like they didn't know each other. Mm-hmm. They never really interacted, but they became friends and best friends mm-hmm. and have become inseparable like that. That's the reason to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the the reason why you go through it is literally that you're bringing people together uh, with their best friends. And one of the interesting things about the Doctor Who party is, like, the first couple of years, we did a lot of, we, I mean, we a lot of times we do some sort of photo booth, but we went really over the top with trying to have interesting things for people to see. But then it came became where it ran itself because... Doctor Who fans, y'all are y'all are a special kind of crazy, and I mean that in a loving way. That, that, <laughs> like I'm not into Doctor Who, but I love seeing how into it all these folks are. We have a dude who built a human size Dalek. Dalek that you can climb in and like go around and in. drive around. It's it's motorized. Yeah, it's motorized, and he has like an iPad mounted inside of it, so you can see what's in front of you. And all. I mean, it's and insane. brings it and lets people get into it. Yeah. and and play with it and drive around in the Dalek. This was zero. Uh, it was like the. It was probably the biggest like feature, fun thing for people, and I had zero to do with it. Like you didn't invite him. <laughs> You, no. He just showed up I with think it. He told me. I think he told me Did that he? he was going to. But yeah, uh, we have people who have um, 
Doctor Big Doctor Who toy collections. He'll put up a display uh, the week of the event. He did approach the library like, hey, yeah. you know, before this, I have this. Do you yeah. want to put it up? Yeah, and then we would just always uh, let him know when we were doing another one. Uh, so, and I remember one year this uh, older lady, probably in her 60s or so, um, came with this big photo, bo- uh, photo book uh, of... Um, uh, oh, photo album uh, of pictures of all. She'd gone to all sorts of Doctor Who fan conventions and had met, you know, different doctors and brought all her. And she just like was she 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 was court. holding court, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she she had her Tom Baker uh, scarf on, and everybody just gathered around. And she, I mean, and I had no idea this lady was going to show up. Nope. And that on, you know, it that created, made so many people's nights. Yeah, that that was that was really special mm. to those people and to her mm. for being able to do that and share those experiences with a lot of people who would never be able to have those experiences. Probably a lot of the folks listening to this podcast have had some experience where you had something you loved and you didn't know anybody else who loved it. Like, or nobody who loved it like you loved it. Nobody who wanted to talk about it quite as much as you wanted to talk. That was my experience. When I got to college and found out that pop culture studies was a thing, I was in heaven. Um, Because I was, one of my first favorite shows as a kid was Lois and Clark. And I had a friend I sat with on the school bus every day. And she told me at one point that the only reason she kept watching the show was because she knew I was going to make her talk. It came on Sunday night. She knew that I was going to expect to talk about it on Monday morning on the school bus. And, And finding out that there are groups of people who want to talk about this stuff as much as you do is important. Mm. And there are a lot of people who have come to these events that I had no idea were into pop culture, that they were into Harry Potter or comic books or anything else, but they'll come and they'll talk. I've had my eyes opened about different things like the Black Black Panther talk, um, where to the point where they were just talking about it. It's like, I don't like referring to him as Killmonger anymore. I, I refer to him as Eric. I think I've mentioned that on the podcast before because of things that I learned at that panel that are completely out of my experience experience and wheelhouse Mm -hmm. that it's just the kind of things that you can't have any other way that I've learned things about the comics that from going to hear people who know about the X-Men and Spider-Man more than I do. Uh, it's like listening to one of Rob's comic box episodes uh, where he does a prep before the movie. I mean, stuff like that, except you have a group of people you're able to have a discussion with afterward. And like these kinds of things are amazing. Like these kinds of things are really super important for your community. And I really want to encourage every one of you guys. I'll give you one tip. If you do a Harry Potter event, and you have your costume contest and you get all your, you know, group of people who are dressed up and have their wands. You, you, want, a, you want a good video or photo opportunity or a good memorable moment. You have all of them point their wands to the sky and say, expecto Patronum together. Yep. It's just, you're it, done. I mean, everybody, oh, just a smile on those, and everybody's faces when they do yep. that. You can't even great. say those kids. Yeah. It was like, it was mixed. This year it was, yeah, this year we had mostly kids. This was a... a a year that was uh, heavy on on younger kids, but um, but not usually. No, no, I mean, usually, usually it's, it's more spread out. Yeah. So um, I mean, like, not everybody has the resources that you do to mm-hmm. put on an event like this. I mean, you're able to devote your full time job for pretty much your full time job. Mm-hmm. To making these events successful, mm-hmm. like whether it's a, a panel event or like with the Black Panther stuff or a premiere like with Doctor Who or the Harry Potter's birthday that you're planning months and months ahead of time. Like n- not everybody ha- can devote 40 hours a mm-hmm. week to this. So 
Like, if somebody wanted to start a meetup, go to meetup.com and they wanted to start a video game club, or they wanted to start a uh, a cosplay club, or a Magic the Gathering, or a Hearts, whatever it is, and they go to meetup.com and they want to set this up, like, what kind of event, like, what kind of advice do you have for these, these would-be ad- event planners, like, to start with? I mean, I know you said start small. Yeah, but I like, start what? small because, I mean, one thing with it, if you're talking about something you're wanting to do, like, an annual event, like I said, start, because one of the reasons, like I said, I didn't get to do as much publicity this year, but the fact that we've done it every year has built it up over the, um, and something with, Harry, like, Harry Potter, um, I mean, that just catches people's attention. It, that does yeah. the publicity for you. Um, but... Uh, I mean, I'm a I'm a library person, so your local library, most local, I wouldn't say most, many local libraries have meeting rooms that you can book for free. Um, depending, every library's policy is a little different, right? Uh, but, for, but they're there. Usually, yeah. you can book something. Um, usually, there's some sort of meeting space that you can book. Usually, if it's a nonprofit, it's or you know, a interest group that it's free. Some some libraries will like require a 501c3, but um, we don't. Um, We've had events where I've met up with people at in in the brewery, and they let us use the TV as a projector, and mm-hmm. we've sat around in a circle. People had a drink and talked about technology. Yeah. I mean, you can do it at public places too without having to book someplace and uh, specifically. Um, just come up with activities that are. Uh, I, you know, I've never done a meetup, so yeah. <laughs> that's different than I do. I do public events, not well, uh, well. The way that you do the panels can be done like meetups, mm-hmm. where you know you get an expert on something. Yeah. Like, let's say that we were to get my friend Barry to talk about the X Men, we could say, "Hey, we're going to be meeting at at Panera Bread at at seven o'clock on Tuesday, and we're going to have an X Men scholar there. Uh, if anybody wants to come and uh, and talk, and we're just going to." We're just going to geek out for a while. Yeah. That's how it starts. My, mine your resources. Mine the resources in your community, whether it's a university um, or um, just your comic book shop. Usually, usually folks are really happy to be asked to yeah. talk to, like, they're usually honored to be asked. Scholars are scholars are trained to like they want to get their ideas out into the world um and if it's a local thing i mean maybe if you're in a big city or at some really really major university but usually they i mean you don't have to pay not usually they're usually usually happy to um to come and share what they love and you know buy them a coffee buy them a salad if you're at panera bread i mean buy them a beer if you're at the brewery but something like that just out of politeness i mean and sometimes for me when i do some of the um like movie talks and sometimes i'll do uh like a two-person presentation where one person talks about the history of the comics and then one person will talk about the film specifically from more of a film studies perspective and i mean sometimes it's just somebody i know yeah i mean it's not necessarily a scholar it's Somebody we know, who I know who's is really smart, into this. I mean, I have a friend who uh, I knew knew a lot about Superman, so he came and talked about Superman comics. You know, when we were doing our Man of Steel program, then I had somebody else talk about Zack Snyder and you know his uh, sort of his yep. directorial uh, style. Style, yeah, and, directorial. And- and that's something that you guys have some sort of expertise like this. Mm. I mean, I used to be the guy my friends would ask if the Star Wars authors got something right in the EU. I mean, we all have that one thing that we can talk for hours and hours and hours on. 
And if you have something like that, or if you know somebody who has something like that, and you want to talk about it, people love to talk about what they love. I mean, that's why podcasting is so popular right now. That's why we love this. You guys can tell, I hope, that Jennifer loves Harry Potter's birthday. Mm -hmm. Like, she's talked way more than I have this this episode, and it makes me really happy because I wish you guys could see the look on her face when she's talking about this. Like, it just lights up because she truly loves what she does. And like she said, when people will be on honored to, to like join your meetup or do anything like that. They like to be part, people like to be part of things, which is the entire thing here. But also, like you said, they wanted, they like to be asked because it, uh, it's something that, you know, they, uh, they may not get to do very often, but also like, they just get to talk about what they love. I mean, somebody think about it. If somebody was like, Hey, you want to talk about star Wars for a while and I'll buy you a beer. I was like, all right, that sounds great. That sounds like the perfect Friday evening. And, that's actually what it is. Some That is the perfect Friday evening. And if you want to be a part of that, I mean, it doesn't really take anything extra to set up a fan event. And then you realize what people want and you can grow it over the years. I mean, you had a hundred people because you're at a library for your very first one. You might have, you might have three people at your first meetup, but those three oh, people I have- will... I've had plenty of the some of the comic book events where I really just have a handful of people show up, but we have a handful of people who have a really good discussion. Yeah. And that is successful in a different way. I want to say there may have been seven people at the Spider-Man discussion, mm-hmm. and like I had a blast. Like mm-hmm. the Spider-Man one was one of my favorite ones, and we had a very small crowd for talking about uh uh, prior to homecoming mm-hmm. and it was just it was just amazing i just i love talking to people about these things i love so do you have anything to finish up with about fan events like harry potter's birthday i mean you guys can throw a harry potter's birthday you can steal all of jennifer's ideas and then do it in your town if you want to do trivia without having to come up with trivia questions what i've started doing uh these last few years is a, a who said it trivia where i just find quotes and uh, I just put together a whole bunch of quotes from the books and give quotes, and then they guess who said it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, that's a very easy way to put together. I mean, it still takes some work to gather them up, but um, it's – and that way you're not having uh, – where if the person has gone online and taken a bunch of trivia, uh, like... Yeah, Harry Potter quizzes that they know what you're going to ask because they've had those questions before that you've taken off the Because a lot internet. of times people will just go and take, you know, find Harry Potter quizzes off the internet or whatever, yep. whatever, Game of Thrones, whatever it is. And then uh, people are like, oh, I've taken this quiz. I know these yep. answers. We've but gone to trivia places where we know that they've done that when they say that they've taken, they make all their own questions. And it's like, nah, you don't. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's... So that's, that, I know that's just kind of random, but um, but it's one of those things that you have to think about and that you know. So. And now I know that it's um you know that's a really easy way to get trivia, and people love it because it's it's hard. Yeah, and people uh, love, like people love small prizes, stuff that doesn't cost a whole lot. I mean, these I, I went online and found a bunch of little Harry Potter related images, printed them out to the size they needed to be, used the button maker, and I mean these kids were I mean especially the kids on this one. They were just going nuts on it. And so next year, what I'm planning to do, I'll have to buy some more of the pins, like, kits for it. Um, and But, you know, if I'm going to be giving them away, because originally it was supposed to be a craft, and then we realized that our button maker wasn't quite reliable enough to do as a craft for kids when we have, like, 50 right. kids in line. So make sure that the things that you do yeah, plan yeah. are, they will work and are consistent. But if I'm in it, so next year I'm planning to put the library's logo on every single one of those pins. Yeah. So it's something they're wanting to grab and wanting to put all over their backpacks and... They'll, they'll see that it's from FLPL. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. So 
Like, so that's it. I mean, that's what we want to talk about. I hope that you guys will take a little something from this and be able to start something around where you are. And it doesn't even have to be around where you are. You can do it online as well. I mean, look at what me and Void have done. Like, we decided to start a podcast and you're listening to it right now. We're super happy about that. If that's something that you want to do, I know that people have done that with their streaming, with game streaming, and you've built a community Hey, and there. check to see if your local library has a makerspace with audio equipment. Ours does. That's... <laughs> <laughs> That's true, and, and we do have podcasts that are recorded there. So it, it's just we do. I, I basically work there. You know that <laughs> I worked there last year, um, but doing an event actually as an event manager for a book festival. So I mean, we're very active in this, and it turns out that event planning is something that like we like. That Jennifer turned out to love this, and doing it is not necessarily something I want to do for a living, but I love jumping in and doing it on short-term projects, on individual projects. So I hope that you guys will too. I hope that you guys find something that you can do to share what it is that you love around with people who also love it as much and want to be a part of that. So if you know, if you do anything like this, you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. I want to know about anything that you do. Um, I know Jennifer does as well. I'm going to send her an invite to the Discord server uh, so that she can talk about this uh, with you guys, but I can guarantee you that she won't accept it. Uh, you don't want to do Discord. That's... I'll do it for this, and then I'll leave forever. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much, that's probably true. So, uh, whatever it is, let, let us know what you decide to do, if you decide to do anything. Like, it would be fantastic. So... I guess it's about time to do our network shout-out. I don't actually know what any of the shows are doing this week, uh, but uh, I want to make um, I want to make sure that you listen to Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea and Geek to Dude with Joe, and that I want to give out one last shout-out to the Bloggist Reborn event that's starting tomorrow. Um, that they will uh, that they have for people who want to get in with blogging. And again, it's a community that was built up around something that people love. So I also need to give a shout out, actually not a shout out, a real nice thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, I need to give uh, Ken Murray and Aaron and Hannah Meter and uh, Logan a real big thank you because I forgot last week and I really want you guys to know how much this means. That you guys are supporting the podcast on Patreon, that you guys are watching those silly little lens things that I'll post and just all sorts of stuff like that. Like it means the world to me that you guys will support us. Um, so if anyone else wants to have a uh, their name on our podcast or uh, talk about us and have a nice cool uh, purple colored patron saint of geekery title on our discord, go to patreon.com slash geek to geek cast and you can see what all's up there and it would be fantastic if you support the podcast. Uh, it's also fantastic if you don't. We love you anyway. Um, that said, uh, I don't though. Oh, no, Jennifer, Jennifer doesn't love you. That's, that's sad. And, but we won't have weekly geekery this week. Uh, I'll save that to talk back and forth with, talk back and forth about with Void. Uh, so I suppose that will wrap it up for today. Uh, you can always write to us with comments, suggestions, and feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com. And you can also reach us on Twitter at, at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. And like I've mentioned earlier, we do have slacks and discord. Um, that does mean we wear pants. Uh, if you have a discord account or a slack account, uh, go to discord 
geek2geekcast.com or slack.geek2geekcast.com and you'll get an invite for both of them. Um, we also have the podcast network that you can find at geek2geekcast.com. Uh, guess which website we want you guys to go to, which website we want you guys to go to. Uh, since Void's not here, I can't read his part. Uh, I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beach, and apparently I'm blogging at geekfitness.net again. I don't know. And uh, where can they find you online, Jennifer? Nowhere. This is true. She does not do Twitter. You can tag her at at JBKeaton13, and she will not answer you because she will not see it. Uh, but I am going to try to get her on Discord. So I guess, you know, have anything else for the for the listeners before we go? Nope. All right. Uh, That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. See you next week. (laughs) You're going to be back next week? No, what are we? I don't know what's happening.